This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And here we are. Welcome, everybody, to this segment of Coming Home with John Allen. I'm your humble host, John Allen. Before we get started with my guest today, I would like to remind everybody that whether you're listening on a podcast platform or watching on YouTube or listening on my radio station, there will be a link or information where you can click in if you'd like to support the work I do. I really appreciate you guys' support. Uh, There's a lot of things coming up, and uh, yeah, let's walk that path together. So here we are. Mary Louise Serrato, Executive Director of American Citizens Abroad, ACA. How are you, Mary Louise? I'm great, John. Thanks for having me on today. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. Uh, we've been planning this uh, for quite some time. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. We're going to put some good information out there for primarily for American citizens abroad, but also for Americans in general. There's a few misconceptions out there, some things that are misconstrued in the political world. And we're going to lay down some facts and some truth and maybe make it a little bit easier for people to have some clarity on an issue. So that's my teaser here. Nobody knows what the issue is, but we're going to get into that. Before we get there, what is the backstory of ACA, American Citizens Abroad? Why are you guys here? What's this organization do? Happy to explain all of that. So American Citizens Abroad was created in uh, 1978, so more than 40 plus years ago. And the genesis was really, there were two Americans um, prior to 1978, a few years before, who found themselves in Switzerland. And at that time, believe it or not, Americans were overseas were not able to vote. Um, oh, wow. So I didn't they, know that. Yeah. So they got together with some individuals who were down in um, Paris and uh, advocated on getting the vote for Americans overseas. And they were very successful. There's a whole great backstory on on that, um, probably good for another podcast um, because there are a lot of other people involved in, in getting that to happen. So once um once that that uh that you know happened and americans overseas were able to vote the thing that the founders of aca um recognized at the time was that it was going to be really difficult to get a groundswell in any one district because the vote obviously was going to be spread across so many states um so they really believed that there was a need for an organization to represent Americans overseas to Congress. And that was why they brought the organization together. So again, it was created in 1978. It was based in um, Geneva, Switzerland, only because the two founders happened to be living there at the time. So the starting point was really getting the vote from overseas, but they also worked on a issue um, regarding passage of US citizenship Um, for Americans who were born overseas and had to fulfill certain residency requirements before they could pass their U.S. citizenship on to their children born overseas. So it was actually a lot more onerous in terms of the kinds of quote-unquote presence that an American had to have in the United States 
in order to pass on their citizenship. And they were able to change um, a, a lot of the residency requirements um, for those Americans. So those, those were kind of the two big issues. And then, of course, the organization um, got involved on a whole series of issues. And the biggest one, obviously, is taxation. I think a lot of your viewers will be very familiar with the taxation issue. But it's a big issue. Not- it's a big issue worldwide for Americans overseas. But I can tell you with 100% certainty, it's a huge issue here among the Americans in Norway. Yeah. So we we have advocated on a on a whole arc of issues on um, Social Security, um, the windfall elimination provision, which reduces Social Security benefits. Um, We continue to advocate on voting rights, on citizenship. So um, if you visit our website, you'll see that there's a whole um, um, arc of 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 issues that we uh, advocate on. But an important thing to know about ACA is that back in 2012, we moved our headquarters from Switzerland to the United States, and we created actually two organizations. We created two nonprofits, ACA Inc., which is the advocacy organization, um, and that is a 501c4, qualified nonprofit, um, nonpartisan, big, big, big advantage to ACA is we're nonpartisan. We have no skin in the game. We're just looking for good policy for all Americans living overseas. Mm. And then we also created ACA Global Foundation, which is a 501c3. And they're the organization that does the research and educational outreach for for ACA. So the reason we put headquarters down in, in Washington, D.C. is over time, we really started to see that you had to have an ongoing presence in Washington, D.C. Yeah. For many, many years, ACA did what is traditionally called door knockers. We would come to Washington, D.C. annually. We do a whole series of meetings, um, and those those were great. But once we left, the memory of ACA and our work um, goes quickly, <laughs> quickly away, yeah. vanishes. Yeah. And we found in the years prior to 2012, we were coming back to to Washington D.C. three, four, five times a year, and we really recognized that it was important to be here, to be available to the legislators, and also to create. Um, relationships with stakeholders in Washington, D.C., other organizations who were working on or are working on um, similar issues to us on tax advocacy. And also it gave us the ability to um, access organizations like District Economics Group, which we will explain shortly, um, which is a consultancy and research group that ACA worked with recently. So I, I would that think has really I, important. Let me let me ask you this. I'm sorry to interrupt, but let me ask you this. I would I would imagine that moving to DC, putting the headquarters of ACA in DC, did something for the legitimacy of ACA in the eyes of the political world. Um, I've gotten the impression that up to a certain point, the ACA just wasn't taken as seriously as it should be, which meant that Americans overseas didn't have the, the voting weight or the voting power or the recognition period that they should have had as Americans, Americans overseas, but still Americans. 
Can you speak to that, the legitimacy in the eyes of the political world of the ACA? Certainly. It makes a huge, huge difference, number one, to be a qualified nonprofit. So that really gives Congress the confidence that they know what they're dealing with. So many people are knocking on these legislators' doors, not only just individuals, different organizations, both domestic and overseas. So Congress, it it gives them a sense of they know what they're, who they're dealing with. Also the fact that you're here, you're available to them. They see you, they meet with you. They, they understand that you are a, a, a legitimate organization, that you're serious about the work that you're doing. They're able to see that you are working with other organizations, trusted organizations in Washington, D.C. So it very much does kind of up the game for not only our organization, but for the community in general. We have seen a great increase in awareness and understanding of the problems of Americans overseas since we've been in Washington, D.C. and been able to bring that messaging I don't want to say nonstop, but on a regular basis to these offices. And for those who are unfamiliar with the ACA and what it does, I want to say this is not a one person uh, 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 setup here. You know, I'm speaking with Mary Louise, who is the executive director, but there is a whole structure uh, around you and underneath you. You have um, uh, quite (laughs) powerful uh, legal representation. There's a legal team. There's, you know, there is a structure to this. Can you tell me a little bit about how many members uh, and the structure, the leadership structure of ACA? So the leadership structure is is um, we are managed on a day-to-day basis by an executive committee. And again, you're right in pointing out that we have some very talented individuals in, on our executive committee, individuals with um, history and um, experience in Washington, D.C. Yeah. and in the legislative process. And that really, really helps with our work because it's one thing to have ideas about how to change um, legislation and how to change regulations. It's another thing um, to understand the process and how you can do it in Washington, D.C. and what you have to be aware of, because we very much recognize that we're not out to change how our government works. There might be other organizations (laughs) that want to do that. We understand how the legislative process works, and we're trying to find solutions within that. Um, and each of our of, of the two organizations, um, ACA Inc. and ACA Global <laughs> Foundation, are also governed by a board of directors. So we bring a, a great wealth of, of knowledge. Most of the, of, of the management are either people who currently live overseas or who have lived overseas, or who um, split their time um, and and spend some time overseas and sometimes some time back in in the United States. So you're right in pointing out that we have a very strong management structure. And ACA is not a political organization. Am I correct in saying that? We are nonpartisan. We are not a political organization. We are out there advocating on behalf of the community 
And we are just looking for good policy. Yeah. That's what we yeah. want. We want good policy that will solve some of these problems. So, and again, um, as I mentioned before, that's really, really important. That really helps um, because we're not tied to any, um, you know, any party's position. Um, we we just we just want what's right for the community. That should be a. a- mission statement written in gold. We are out for the, well, well, let me ask you, Mary Louise, one sentence, the mission statement of ACA. Go ahead. Educate, advocate, and inform. We are out there to educate not only Congress, but the population of Americans overseas, because there's a, a lot of misunderstanding, even within the population, about how certain things can can get done. Yes. Um, a lot, of, a lot of, of, of people out there, Americans living overseas, just think, well, it's easy. Mount a, a, a lawsuit or, or, you know, just get somebody to write the legislation. And, and those are, that, they're, they're good ideas. They're certainly um, valid ideas, but you have to understand from the actual legislative standpoint and how government works, how you get there. So we are trying to educate both um, the community and Congress. Advocate, we are 24-7 onto the congressional offices, but even more important are the committees, the tax writing committees, Uh, for example, in in the House and on the Senate the Treasury, um, the Joint Committee of Taxation. Sometimes, quite frankly, those offices and having relationships and being able to go up there and advocate into those offices is more powerful than actually going into a specific, you know, congressman's office or senator's office. I see the wisdom in that, yeah. And then obviously, just to finish, inform. We try to also provide information, just general information to the community about, you know, how to apply for your social security benefits. You know, the fact that we are still, you know, taxed on a citizenship based basis, you know, how do you get that done? And, and until such time that, you know, we can change the, um, the, the, the tax law. Go right ahead. Sorry about that. No, I was going to say, I see the, I guess I never really thought about it, but when you mentioned the process, you know, it's, it's, it's it's more effective rather than going to that one senator or that one congressperson. It's more effective to have an educational campaign, if you will, that starts maybe at the congressional um, committee level, as you mentioned. You know, there's a myriad of committees and people within those committees who then can speak the case higher and higher up that political ladder. And then all of a sudden you, you're getting the congressmen and women, you're getting the senators um, in line, I'll use that term <laughs> in line and, or at least aware of some of the things that are affecting American citizens abroad. Again, we live abroad, but we are American citizens. We have the, other, the other important thing about that is that in the legislative process, those congressmen and those senators, they are going to go back to those committees. Exactly. For their in- Nation. So it's really, really key 
um, they're they're going to want to be feel comfortable about whatever legislation they're going to write yeah. or propose. So they're going to want to go back and they're going to want to hear from Treasury. They're going to want to know about numbers and data. They're going to want to know what those offices have have seen and know about the issue. And that's why we have been beating the drum ACA yeah. for holding hearings because we think that yes. that is it's really the linchpin to all of this. You need to get this data and information, not only what ACA has, but what other groups and individuals out there who are advocating on this yeah. front. You need to get that in front of in front of Congress. You need to have it put on record. And once it's on record, it becomes very official for the the, the congressional offices. And yeah. they can go back to their staff and say, go back to those hearings, that information that was presented, that research that was presented. And that's that's where they're going to get the data so that they can go and, and do what everybody wants them to do yeah. is write legislation and regulations. You guys are busy. <laughs> yeah, we're busy. There's a lot of different <laughs> things that you guys are looking into, a lot of different um issues that you uh that your organization is working on bringing a, a shining a light on the one that i am most um affected by is this issue and you mentioned it briefly uh a couple minutes ago but it's this issue of residence-based taxation contra citizen-based taxation this is something that gives a lot of americans overseas a huge headache every year when it's time to file taxes. ACA has conducted a, I almost said a survey. It's more of a, um, well, it's a survey. It's a study. You guys have looked into this issue and you've come to a few interesting conclusions. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So um, just uh, to kind of reel backwards a little bit, um, ACA obviously has been advocating for a move towards residence-based taxation, um, which is quote unquote territorial. Some, sometimes you hear people speak of it in terms of territorial, but the, 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 the thinking is that income that is earned outside of the United States, not in relation to the United States, any economic activity in the United States, should not be subject to U.S. taxation. Um, as you pointed out, citizenship-based taxation is the model that the United States currently uses, which is your based your tax, your taxed, excuse me, based on your citizenship as opposed to where the income is earned. And the United so States is one of two nations in the entire world that do that does that. Yeah, I, no, we're, we're very much an, an outlier yes. uh, on, in 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 the world on on this. Yeah. So um, we we've been advocating for this since the inception of the organization. Um, unfortunately, as time has gone on, this issue has become really a headline issue. One of one of the the sort of uh, igniting points, should we say, was the passage of the FATCA legislation, the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act, 
which you have probably heard of or, or might be familiar with, which is the reporting by Americans overseas on their tax return of their bank accounts held outside um, the United States. And then the foreign banks also are reporting on those individuals. And that um, really became problematic because a lot of foreign banks just suddenly decided, you know, there's just too much risk in having American clients, too many penalties. Um, we're just not going to keep American clients. We're going to show them the door. So over time, legislation such as FATCA and other tax legislation has just really made it, to your point, very, very onerous and difficult for yes. Americans to file from overseas. Now, ACA has gathered facts on this issue, but I can give a few anecdotes. I know people here in Norway and I know people in other countries who all of the sudden, I mean, they may have had a, a bank account in France or, or here in Norway or wherever they may live uh, around the world, and they've had it and everything's been going fine. But all of a sudden, when they and their spouse or maybe they themselves want to get um, a restructuring of a mortgage or a loan or take up a new mortgage or a new loan, and all of a sudden the bank tells them, no, you can't do this, and we're shutting your account down in six months. Yep. That happens. Yep. That's rough. When you're an average citizen, you're, you're, you're middle class, whether it be low middle class, high middle class, whatever. And all of a sudden, you're, all of your banking is it's just shut down. It's taken away from you. And that happens because of FATCA, foreign account. Um, um, what's it called? Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act. <laughs> Thank you. I'll leave that to the expert. Yeah, FATCA. It, it's it's. Um, there's some negative results because of this legislation that's in place now. And ACA is working to make some changes through a very informative campaign. Am I correct? Is that a good way of putting so, it up? Yeah. So that really, um, you know, that, that complicated, uh, you know, the, the, the tax compliance yeah. Um, for Americans overseas. And to your point, I mean, it wasn't just a compliance problem. Okay, it's another form to file and it's costly. It really had some very negative um, and, and life-altering effects for individuals. If you can't yes. um, have a bank account or if suddenly your bank says, you know, pay up on your mortgage. Yeah. Um, so ACA really uh, went back. I, I can't even tell you the, the actual date and time, but we decided to, to put together a side-by-side -side comparative and say, well, here's the U.S. tax code today under citizenship-based taxation. Where do you need to cut into this code to go to a residence-based um, taxation model. So it isn't, a lot of people get confused and they say, oh, it's it's a piece of legislation you've written. It's like, no, it's, I call it a roadmap. Others yeah. in the organization call it the vanilla approach. It just says, if you wanted to change things, if you want to change everything, here's what you'd have to change. Um, if you don't want to change all those elements, fine. You know, you can pick and choose, but here's where the problems lie and here's what you have to change. So we did that. And then back in 2017, we decided to try and put some numbers around this. Because as you know, um, numbers are essential in Congress. Absolutely. And there are not good numbers on the community of Americans overseas. The IRS has certain numbers the state department has another set of numbers 
But nobody really knows how many Americans are overseas, how many are are filing taxes, um, how much revenue is is actually generated. So there are often these broad stroke statements from Congress about how many, how much you know, revenues overseas that isn't being um, declared, um, how many people are are overseas. So we really thought we have got to get closer to this number because it can really hurt us (laughs) Um, in in all the the discussions with Congress, um, because if they think it's it's too big um, and and I'll use the, the number that the State Department um, has put out there, which is 9 million. And, and we really don't think there are 9 million out there. That may sound great for, you know, telling, you know, Congress, there's a lot of us, you have to pay attention to us, but it can really hurt you if you're running numbers on something like, um, taxation. So we went out in 2017 and tried to get a lot closer to this number. And we also wanted to know if someone did write legislation two are side by side. If you took all those elements, can you get to revenue neutrality? Which means, can you get to a point where legislation won't cost the US government? And that's a really, really important element. Absolutely. Congress. Absolutely. A lot of people don't think that it should be and and you know they there's a lot of arguments that say really rbt should be a fairness issue it should only be done on fairness it's the right thing to do we don't disagree but if you understand the legislative process you'll understand that numbers are going to be important and you have to face that reality so we did that in 2017 and we were able to get to revenue neutrality. We updated that information this past year because there were a lot of, as you might've heard, compliancy programs out there with FATCA. There were a lot of people who came into compliance. Um, So we thought, let's take a look. Let's try to get closer to these numbers. There was some some new data out there. So that's what we did with this recent round of research. Now, the research of 2017 has been in the hands of the tax writing committees, both House and Senate. It's been presented to Joint Committee of Taxation. It's a huge committee, huge important committee, um, to Treasury, to the IRS. And now we're going back in with our updated research because we've gotten a lot closer to the numbers and this this is research that happened post 2017 correct post 2017 this is an updated research that we just did um uh we started back in in 2021 and the results have um were announced in i believe april may of this year so we've gotten a lot closer to the size of the community we believe that the community is about four million strong not counting military that's non-military let me shoot in with two things. One, a little piece sure. of information. People can go to your website, the ACA website right now, and look at the results um, that have been built up and reported by ACA since 2017. Uh, what is the website for ACA, please? 
So the ACA website is <laughs> www.americansabroad.org. Now, there is an excellent, because I'm not going to go into the details and no. explain to you no. how how the data came together. That's why I wanted Um, people to just take the time on their own. If they're interested in the details, it is there on the website. But it's an excellent, excellent webinar that we just put up there. It was done on August 24th. It's in the bottom um, part of our website. District Economics Group, which is the consultancy firm that we used here in Washington, D.C., and it's principal Mike Udell, he walks you through how he got to the numbers on the size of the community, how we got to the numbers on um, how many are how many individuals are compliant, how many are out of compliancy, um, and how we work the numbers for getting to um, revenue neutrality, basically meaning you can pass legislation and it won't cost the Congress yeah. anything, and it won't cost the Congress in lost revenues. He does an excellent job and everybody should. It's an hour long webinar, but I tell you, it's super informational. Everybody should listen to it. You know, as as a person myself who has trouble focusing when a lot of numbers and things are being thrown at me, I will say this. I've seen that webinar. It is very easy to follow along. It's laid out in such a clear way. I highly recommend if you're an American citizen abroad and you're wondering, you're stressed out, you're scared, watch that webinar. If you're American back home in the States and you think that we Americans overseas, we're all living in a, a mansion and... Yeah driving our yachts through the streets because we're so rich we can do that we don't even need water for our yachts watch that webinar get some facts uh and get yourself oriented on what is really happening with that situation so i just wanted to throw that out there that people can look look on the website but here's a question and without jumping into details can you say something briefly about because there's a big difference between what the state department has reported as far as numbers um, Mm -hmm. of americans abroad nine million but ACA comes up with four point something million. Why the big difference? Where can the discrepancy lie? We have actually asked the State Department um, through the Freedom of Information Act to provide us with the methodology for the calculation of the of the nine million. So we haven't had a response yet. It's been long in coming. Um, but what we what we believe um, and and what we know informally is that the State Department is bringing those numbers together for a completely different reason than okay. taxation. Um, they want to know um, how many people they're going to need to staff embassies in order to process oh. passports and, and certificates of birth abroad. They're also working off of lists of people who register. Um, if you move overseas, you you know well that the United States really doesn't require you to do much of anything except file taxes. So you don't have to go to the um, embassy and register yourself. Some people do, some people don't. Some people register and never deregister. The State Department is also interested in in knowing how many Americans are overseas for evacuation purposes. So we think a lot of the discrepancy has to do with just what the State Department is looking for in their numbers okay. and what ACA was looking for in terms of um, an accurate number of actual Americans resident overseas. 
So we think we've gotten to a really good number. And if you listen to the webinar, Mike Udell, who's the principal of district economics, he'll explain how he sourced that um, and, and give you confidence in the fact that we really do think um, it's 4 million Americans. Okay. Non-military. Interesting. Non-military. Yes. That is, Non-military. <laughs> that is an important distinction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me, uh, let me ask you this in the interest of time. Um, what would be, what is the main thing that you would like people to take away when they listen to this discussion you and I are having, when they watch the webinar, when they gather in all of the information that ACA has laid out when it comes to the taxation of Americans abroad? What do you want people to walk away with? You guys have done a lot of work. Yeah, what I'd like people to walk away with is to know that ACA really is taking the lead on this issue and that individuals should support our efforts. Um, And you can do that a variety of ways. The first way you can do it is, is contact your representative in Congress. A lot of people feel no, nobody's really listening to me. You know, I write to them. I get these standard letters. You'd be surprised at how few letters, calls into an office it requires for someone to sit up and pay attention. Oh. And those letters and, 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 and communications into your congressman, into your senator, do have a real effect. Use our write-in campaigns. You don't have to be a member of ACA to do that. Use the write-in campaigns that we have on our website. And I would encourage everyone to especially write in on holding hearings. Um, I, I can't stress enough how important it will be to have hearings and to have ACA's research presented at those hearings to have individuals like yourself and others can testify about the, you know, real on the ground problems. Other organizations that are out there doing good work um, testify with their information. All this is absolutely key. So join our write-in campaigns, write to your representative, join ACA, help us with our advocacy because we really are outside of a small administrative staff. We are all volunteer. Um, The other thing is don't be discouraged. This can happen. We ACA really feel um, in the quality of the meetings that we're getting, the feedback from these offices, I'll be really frank, Joint Committee of Taxation, Treasury, these offices do not sit down and have a meeting with groups because they just have an hour to fill in their day. Um, These are important meetings. And to us, this really signifies that there is some thinking going on up in Congress on this on this issue. So don't be discouraged. Don't think it's like never going (laughs) to never going to happen and be realistic. you know, numbers are going to count. Um, the fact that Congress is super focused on tax evaders and we do our best to, you know, explain to Congress that is not, those are not the people who are living and working overseas. You can see from FATCA that a majority of the people that got, you know, you know, got caught up in that 
were domestic Americans who were, you know, had accounts over undeclared accounts overseas. So, but that's a reality. Congress is going to look at that. You can't just close your eyes and say, well, no. we shouldn't think about, no. we shouldn't think about that. Be realistic um, about what can be, what can be accomplished. Um, ACA is being realistic about it. We're trying to put to Congress ideas and solutions um, that we think they can work with. So looking out over go. the horizon, how long, I, I, and I know you can't Oh, say gosh, on this no. day and time, this is when everything's <laughs> going to fall into place. But does it look like there is significant movement towards a positive solution that's going to make life better for Americans living abroad? Gosh, I wish I had a crystal ball. Yeah. Um, I say this and I, and I know for a lot of people, it's, you know, it's very, they look at it and say, oh gosh, ACA has been out there a long time doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been out there a long time doing it, but since we've been in Washington, D.C., we have seen a huge uptick in the awareness of this up in yeah. Congress. A lot of that thanks to us, but a lot of that thanks to individuals who have just been insistent on on getting the messaging up to um, their, their, their congressman or their senator. FATCA is actually in a very strange way um, also you know, increased awareness because so many Americans like yourself and, and others who had issues with their foreign banks had, have made this aware to their representatives in, in Congress. And like I say, we, that has the, the, these past years in Washington, DC has shown us that offices I go into there really, there is rarely an office that's that I go into that someone says to me, I'm completely unaware of this. What are you talking about? Please educate me. Um, That is a huge, great sign for us. Um, And again, the fact that we are having these meetings with these key committees, um, that to us signals that, you know, there is, there's movement. I wish I could tell people. Yeah. It's going to happen in six months or a year. Or I had to months. ask. I had to ask. But <laughs> well, I, it's yeah, been a, it's been a long road traveled. There's a long road to be traveled. Uh, we have to be patient, but in that patience, or I'm sorry, in that call for patience, I, I also call for people to stay informed. And the information That's is good. there on the ACA website. The information is there in the work that you, Mary Louise, and your organization is doing for for those of us living abroad. Um, There are so many details we could dive into. Again, everybody can check out all of those details on the website. But in the interest of time, we have to move on to the final segment. And that that segment is where... I get a little personal. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> let me let me start. Let me start. Off. I'll start easy. Okay. We'll we'll ease okay. into it. I'll start off easy. Right. Okay. Tell me tell me briefly your background um, leading into you being the executive director of American Citizens Abroad. You you've been the director for quite some time, haven't you? Eleven years. Am I right? I have been. Uh, well, I have been <clears throat> with ACA since. 2002, I yeah. think. Um, so my background is um, I was uh, born and raised in San Francisco. 
and I worked in marketing and advertising for many, many years. Um, My husband had the opportunity to move overseas in 1994, and we moved to Brussels, Belgium, where we lived (laughs) for 10 years. And then in 2001, we moved to Switzerland, to Geneva, Switzerland. And in 2002, that's where I discovered ACA. Um, I had been, uh, unfortunately, in Brussels, I I didn't work. I was raising my family. I have three children that kept me busy. And once I got to Switzerland, I wanted to get back into the game and I was doing some freelance um, consulting on marketing and advertising, and um, I just I think I I found ACA some sort of advert someplace saying they were looking for volunteers. I showed up one day, and a great group of individuals, many of them still um, involved in ACA. Um, many have retired. Some have unfortunately passed on, like one of our our. Our, our founders, Andy Sundberg, if you look on our website um, in the In Memoriam, Andy was just, gosh, a driving force for the organization, a great, great guy. Yeah. Um, and so I started out just helping them with some marketing projects and general um, management of the office and things just kind of snowballed from there. And here I am here all these are. years all these years later. <laughs> well, again, you're you're doing a good good job at the head of a very uh, important organization uh, for for those of us who are American citizens living abroad. So thank yeah. you for and your I split work. my I split my time between DC and um, and and Europe um, back and forth, um, and then um, I have uh, others on our team who who do the same. But we have a a twenty four seven ongoing process and. Pro- presence, sorry, in Washington, D.C. No fear of that. No fear of that. I like it. I like it. Okay. Now that was easy, right? Just a little bit of information about your background, how you came into ACA. Let me, let me ask you something that's a little bit deeper. This is something I like to ask uh, all of my guests who come on my program. Um, and I invite people on my show, people who inspire me, people who motivate me, people, um, who can teach me something. So, you fill all of those categories Thank along you. those lines. Let help me know you better. Help my viewers and listeners know you better. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to say three words. Okay. I'm, a, and, I'm in fear. <laughs> and then I would, and then I would like you to finish the sentence and take as much or as little time as you like, but finish the sentence. Okay. Three words. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mary Louise Serrato is. Do I have to finish with one word or more? Go ahead. A, par- a paragraph or two, if you like. Um, I would see, say Mary Louise Serrato is determined. Um, I, you know, tend to take things on, whether that be uh, raising children, um, uh, managing uh, a household, <laughs> running an organization. Um, when, when I get something that, um, interests me and I'm passionate about, um, I get very determined. Often I will hear from, from people who say, well, gosh, you know, you've been with ACA a a long time Mm -hmm. and, 
you know, uh, and, you know, you keep sticking it out. Why, you know, why don't you move on to other things or one? Yeah. I, you know, I just really, um, uh, you can probably ask my husband's, you know, I, when I get determined about something, you know, whether it's changing something in the kitchen <laughs> or buying a new car or scheduling a vacation, it's like, you're going to see I'm, it through. You're going to get it done. You're see it through. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be done with you until I get, get to the end to get to the end of it. <laughs> well, where, where does that determination come from? It didn't just fall upon you from above. It had to have come from somewhere, an experience in your life, a role model at some point. Where, where, what would you say to that? Yeah, I had, um, my family are, are immigrants, Italians who came to the you know United States with nothing. Yeah. Typical story, worked themselves up from, um, you know, from nothing and, and made something, um, you know, created something out of their, out of their lives. And, uh, my grandmother, um, lived with us for many, many years, um, almost up until she died. And, um, I, I think really, um, it's, it's her, she had a, a very, um, and strong presence in, in our family. And when I think about her path of what she did, um, how she came to the United States, didn't, she yeah. kind of was a mail order bride, um, and, um, started out in a, in a new country. Um, she actually came to Canada first and then came down to the oh. United States. Um, she lost her husband when she was quite young, had to, you know, manage on her own with two children. Um, she was, um, a, an enemy alien during world war two because she was Italian. Yeah. Um, so when I look at, at all of that, um, and just, I, I think the her model of just determination and pushing ahead yeah. um, really did have a huge um, impact on me. Huge. So for you, uh, DNA, the D stands for determination. <laughs> it's in your blood. <laughs> it's in my blood. <laughs> it's in your blood. Well, I, and I can identify with that. My grandmother, may she rest in peace, is the number one inspiration for my moral core. Uh, I am who I am mostly because of my grandmother. There's something about the old ones. I got to tell you. Yeah, yeah, I know. They, uh, they had, gosh, when you, when you think about, um, the, the, all who came before us, yes. um, sometimes it makes our lives just look, you know, the frustrations were yes. faced with. <laughs> Shame like, on us. Really? I'm concerned about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, we had some difficult, difficult things uh, to, absolutely. to deal with. Absolutely. Um, let me ask you uh, to wind things up. This is the second thing that I ask of, of every guest that comes through. Um, like I said, the people who I ask in my program are people who inspire me, motivate me in some way. Can you, and, and you've already done that for me, but can you do it for my listeners and viewers? Can you say something that people can take away from this conversation? Something that they can take with them as they journey through life and they can use it for strengthening purposes, for motivation, for focus, words of wisdom, oh. if you will, from Mary Louise Serrano. You're, you're I, I, I ask a lot. I ask a lot. This <laughs> early in the morning, too. I couldn't at least wait till <laughs> later in the afternoon oh, get some more coffee gosh. in you. Um, you know, I would just say keep on your on your path. <clears throat> stay determined. Uh, determination and being focused and and wanting to achieve. Um, certain goals has, has always, you know, helped me, um, 
you know, just be relentless, be focused, be determined. Um, I love it. I love it. We'll get there, whether it's on taxation or on, on something, something else that you're passionate about. Wonderful words of wisdom from Mary Louise Serrato. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. But. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. I got chills while you were talking. Okay, that means something. Oh, okay. That means something. <laughs> No, but uh, uh, I really appreciate the work you do. Uh, a lot of Americans overseas appreciate the work that you and ACA does for us um, and in our uh, representation. So thank you so much. Uh, keep thank on you. going. If there's ever anything I can do uh, on my platform and with my uh, limited abilities to help out the organization, I'm here. Great. We really appreciate um, having ACA on, having me on and being able to talk to ACA um, with, you know, our big goal right now is let's get the word out, um, yeah. get people to our website, learn about um, what we're doing, learn about our research um, and get involved. Yeah. Um, you really can make a difference. You really can make a difference. Don't think that you're just one person living someplace um, you know, and your one vote, um, but it's, and, and not important. You are important. And, um, the other important messaging, which we'll be working on, get out and vote. A lot of people feel like their vote overseas is not counted. It's not worth anything. Um, it's really important. ACA and other organizations were founded on this very issue of, um, voting from overseas. So do vote and get involved. Excellent. Do vote and get involved, everybody. Mary Louise Serrato said it. I echo it. Thank you so much, Mary Louise. Hang around. I want to talk to you on the other side after the break here. I want to thank my viewers and listeners for checking in on this episode of Coming Home with John Allen. Remember, you can find a link in uh, the description of this episode, whether it's on YouTube or on your podcast platform of choice. That link will lead you to several different ways in which you can support the work that I do. I'm here for you, and thank you for being there for me. I want you all to go out there, love and be loved and enjoy the process. Bye now.